You are listening to the Catholic Thinkers Podcast, a free treasury of instruction in the Catholic intellectual tradition. If you enjoy this lecture, please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate. This is uh, Father James Scholl, and uh, I would like to continue with the series on political introduction of political philosophy, and I would like to continue now. We uh, said something in the last um, uh, lectures about the Old Testament and the New Testament, and uh, the next reading will be from a book which was published in about 1956 by a professor at Columbia University by the name of Herbert Dean. And the book is called The Political and Social Ideals of St. Augustine. It is a quite a uh, remarkable book, and in a way it interprets uh, Augustine in a very um, realistic way, uh, one which uh, in one sense can be um, uh, looked on as only one side of Augustine, but on the other hand, it is the side of Augustine that needs to be considered in political philosophy. And uh, a side is known as political realism without being Machiavellianism. So that therefore Augustine uh, is some 400 years after the New Testament. He died in 430 A.D. It's good to know something about his life, so I'm going to, I'm going to have three talks on Augustine. So I'd ask you to read the book a third, of, a third of the book at the time uh, of each one and reflect upon what it said. I will make some comments about these here. And in the end of this session, I will mention a few other books about Augustine that are worth uh, looking at. Now, there's been millions and millions of things written about St. Augustine. Uh, he's almost an inexhaustible source. He is an, an inexhaustible source in many ways. Um, he wrote all of his life. He um, even managed to correct himself. He had wrote two books in which he corrected his earlier ideas. He thought about practically everything, and he is a very remarkably, very remarkable writer and uh, and uh, theoretician uh, and a saint. He was a bishop. He very lived a very active life, very warm life. Um, I'm not using his Confessions, uh, which is one of the great books ever written. And if you haven't read that book, you must do so. And it is a book that will, uh, again, uh, alert you to uh, Augustine's uh, uh, personal life. And indeed, it will go through the first 30-some years of his life in a book that is uh, almost read by everybody. And if it's not, everyone should read it. Uh, Augustine has innumerable essays and treatises. His most famous books, beside the Confession, is The City of God, which is a very a long and detailed uh, book, uh, which we go into when we do the uh, class on uh, St. Augustine in uh, a more extended way. So let us uh, then begin with our comments on Augustine. So a useful way to study political philosophy is to pay attention uh, to when and where uh, the people studied lived under what political regime. 
what language did they speak and what was uh, what did they read uh, what did they do it is not uh, implied here that you can understand someone simply by understanding the externals uh, in his uh, biography uh, but these things are useful Augustine for instance had a mother uh, you will uh, not I presume be surprised at this, but what a mother he had. And Monica is one of the most memorable ladies in the history of thought. Uh, we know of her largely because of what her son, a rather uh, precocious young man, uh, wrote about her, especially in his confessions. And this is one of the most uh, memorable books, as I said, ever written, a book uh, not to be missed even if the one, uh, no one ever assigns it to you. It's one of the few books that you can read, uh, read slowly, read quickly, but indeed it will be a powerful experience. In the end, Augustine was the Bishop of Hippo Regius, a Roman city uh, in the present-day Algeria. He lived about uh, 800 years after Plato and Aristotle, uh, in between him and the Greeks, we find Alexander the Great and his empire, and the Roman Roman Republic, the Roman Empire, uh, both, are, both of these uh, forms of rule, and then the barbarian invasions from the north. Indeed, Augustine dies uh, while the Vandals are attacking the city of Hippo. The present and... Um, uh, assimilation of uh, the so-called barbarians uh, from the East constituted much of the meaning of the Middle Ages. I do a course on the medieval politics, uh, which we may go into later, every so often. It is through Augustine into which uh, flow the um, streams of both, both Old Testament and New Testament the Greek philosophical and literary tradition, and especially Plato, and the Roman legal and philosophical tradition, especially Cicero. But there are also uh, early fathers of the church, both in the East and the West, of which Augustine was one of the greatest. Few more interesting men ever existed than Augustine, and we know more about the insides of Augustine than we know of almost any other, any other man. Indeed, he practically invented the notion of uh, explaining what goes on within us uh, as a personal adventure. Plato never appears in his dialogues. Aristotle writes objectively, but almost never about himself. Cicero we know more about of Tacitus in his account of the Roman emperors in the first century AD tells us much of their personal lives, but again, not quite in the uh, personal way in which uh, we find Augustine testifying to what goes on in his soul. Over the centuries, the amount of materials written about Augustine is enormous. Indeed, the amount of material of Augustine was uh, so large that it's overwhelming. 
But we should not let that uh, deter us from knowing what he held and what he wrote. And at the end of this comment, then, I will include a more up-to-date uh, bibliography on Augustine, but one which will be brief uh, in comparison with what's available. Uh, one. So remember that there is a chapter also on Augustine with bibliography, also in my book called The Politics of Heaven and Hell, that you might be able to uh, find. In the introduction and first two chapters of his book of the political and social ideas of St. Augustine, uh, Professor Dean gives us a rather thorough uh, introduction both to political thought and theology, as well as to uh, look at our souls. Every time I read this book, I get something new. For example, I gave a talk on justice as the most terrible virtue uh, in New Orleans a couple of years ago uh, before the disaster of the flood in New Orleans. Uh, the, the talk appears uh, in a journal called Markets and Morals in the fall of 2004. I wanted to talk about the meaning of, of uh, economics. And I wanted to make the point that poverty is not the worst evil. But I wanted also to observe that the poor can both sin and be uh, virtuous, often if the scripture seems uh, to mean anything better than most of the others who are rich. This brings us to the point of Augustine and Plato that the causes of evil are not in things external to us, uh, but within us. And so if I have anything to teach you about this course in political philosophy, it is this, that the origin of evil is not a reconstruction of something outside of ourselves, but has to do with our own will. In any case, I came across this passage in Dean, which makes the point I want to make about the insight that one often surprisingly comes to in reading Augustine or about him. And there's the quote from Dean. For Hobbes, the English philosopher uh, in the 1700s, uh, the desire of man for glory is secondary to his uh, basic impulse, which is the drive for self-preservation and therefore for security. And uh, to the acquisition, acquisitive impulse, which is one of the major uh, vehicles by which the basic drive is satisfied. So the, um, for Hobbes, the basic drive is security and the fear of death. Augustine, on the other hand, uh, regards the lust for domination and glory as, the, as an independent drive just as uh, basic uh, to man as cupidity. Naturally, this lust for power uh, intensifies and exacerbates the, the war of all against all that Hobbes used that rages among the nations of men. Even if we conjure up a situation in which material goods are so abundant 
that all the desires of egoistic men can be satisfied without conflict. The situation presumably uh, envisioned by some of the utopian, uh, some of the utopians, uh, conflict and struggle and war would not be, uh, would not disappear. And the state, uh, the instrument uh, by which conflicts are held down and regulated uh, would never uh, become unnecessary. For even if all material desires were satisfied, the lust for power and glory would still remain and would uh, continue uh, to drive men uh, into uh, uh, personal and societal struggles and wars against each other. End of the quote. That paragraph alone is worth the price of the book and the course. Uh, so it's well to ponder this, that even if there is no um, need for more food, clothing, or shelter, that doesn't follow that there would not uh, be conflicts and struggles. I think this introduction to Dean to, the, uh, spe- uh, to be especially fine is first chapter. I might note that I, I had a doctor once who uh, uh, was at the Kennedy's, at the Lombardi Center at Georgetown, who, who uh, Dr. Philip Cohen, who was a uh, student of Dean, and he said that uh, Dean was a very fine teacher, as I could well believe. Now, Dean points out that when political philosophy uh, arises, namely uh, during times of crisis, uh, so the, generally speaking, people begin to worry about political philosophy uh, when things begin to go wrong. Happy countries have no history, as someone said. It was Hegel, I think. If things do go wrong, they did go wrong. That is, you have to have a criterion uh, of the difference between right and wrong. And this is what philosophy is about. And B, and not any explanation of what is right or wrong will do. You can explain things badly, in other words, or, or well. Uh, this is quite different uh, from uh, Chesterton's, uh, so I quote a lot of Chesterton, as you know, uh, who once said of, of uh, um, if a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. There are some things we ought to uh, do ourselves as even uh, if we do not do them well. The example Chesterton gives are A, blowing one's own nose, and B, dancing. Both of these things, we, even if we don't do them well, uh, we want to do them. So think about it. You do not say to a uh, charming young lady uh, with whom... Uh, you want to dance, oh, no, my dear, go over and dance with Harry because he knows how to dance so well. No, you want to do the dancing yourself. Uh, Dean makes uh, a point that is almost essential to understanding what Christendom is about. It was not primarily a social or political movement, uh, whatever uh, effect it may have had directly or indirectly on the political order. So here's Dean's summary. He says, Although the teachings of Jesus, as recorded in the gospel, have received 
uh, little, have very little, relatively very little to say about the proper attitude for Christians to adopt uh, towards uh, the social order and the state. So that uh, the New Testament has very little, as we saw in the discussion, very little to say about the states. Just that uh, there are things that are God and things that are Caesar's that will be obedient to the emperor and those things. Certain fundamental principles are clearly established. On a number of occasions, Jesus warns his disciples against thinking of his kingdom as an earthly kingdom to be established by a revolt of the Jews against the Roman rule and uh, maintained by ordinary political instruments. This hope for a the uh, advent of a Messiah who could uh, reestablish the independence of the Jewish state and uh, scatter its enemies was so deep-seated uh, that it uh, kept uh, reappearing even among Jesus' closest followers until the very moment of his death and indeed after his resurrection. Jesus not only uh, insisted that his kingdom was not, this is still Dean, was not of this world, and so discouraged his followers from thinking of him as a Messiah who would be the temporal ruler of the Jewish people. But he also uh, endeavored to draw his followers' attention away from the interest in uh, worldly matters, such as the attainment of wealth or power over other men, the end of the quote. That is a remarkable passage. It is not designed to denigrate the state, though one of the things that I want you to know about this course is precisely what is the state according to Augustine. So Augustine has a very uh, peculiar, so-called Augustinian realism is a very important understanding of the state. It helps if you read again the book of Yves Simon, the one we had, uh, General Theory of Authority, uh, which we uh, which we have, as I mentioned, read. The other side of the political question, as the passage suggests, is so much uh, more important than the political, and what is uh, what its relation uh, to the political. So the most important things are more important than the political and have a relation to it. Of course, it seems now that the main task is always political, even for religion. I will just cite one passage here, quote from Dean, um, it's on page seven. Nowhere in the Gospels or in the apostolic teaching is it ever suggested that Christians have any obligation to participate in the operation of the political system or that the activities of the state have any real relevance to the conduct of members of the church or their overruling concern, overriding concern, which is salvation and the participation in the kingdom of God. You know, the quote. To recall our Aristotle, 
if there is any obligation to the state, it arises from natural law or philosophical sources, which are not necessarily in contradiction with revelation. And this is what Aquinas is about, to show that you will uh, need to know uh, what salvation means. There's a chapter on it in my book at the limits of political philosophy. Uh, this does not mean that we cannot jeopardize our uh, salvation by something we do or do not do in the state. Pay particular attention, uh, you've, you've noticed, to what Dean uh, says as the uh, uh, on page eight uh, about societies that suddenly become interested in politics uh, for its own sake, as if uh, it were what this life was about. Quote from Dean on page eight. For good or evil, the source of Christianity meant the introduction of a dualism in Western civilization that preve prevented a return to the conception of the state as the central uh, focus of man's interest and activities, or as the um, incarnation of man's highest values. Only with the rise of totalitarian societies in the 20th century has a new uh, general effort been made to bring all aspects of human life under the uh, guidance and control of the state or the totalitarian party, the other quote. So that the concentration of all party, of all power in the state is an anti-Christian uh, position. The state that intrudes into everything is not only a danger, but a manifestation of another theory about the meaning of life. It is precisely totalitarian to want the state to solve everything. As he points out on, the, uh, on page 9, the state did have a purpose. What Christians uh, objected to was the state that required worship of false idols. But the state does have a legitimate purpose. They paid taxes and served in the army in the early church. Dean states the essential Augustinian notion of the state. Quote, the traditional view of the early Christians that the state was an essential instrument for the repressing of the consequences of sin and that it was not a vehicle by which men could attain to true justice, a true virtue, or true happiness was thoroughly uh, congenial uh, to Augustine's own uh, leading conception, the uh, sinfulness of human nature, salvation by unmerited divine grace, and the view that private property, slavery, and political and legal systems are punishments and remedies for the uh, depraved condition of, the, of mankind after the fall, the end of the quote. These are huge insights in this, there are huge insights in this passage. Much 
of this is spelled out in the first chapter about the theology of the fall. The church and the state do differ and do different things. To hold that the state does everything is totalitarian, as I mentioned. The same issue followed to hold that the church uh, does everything. So uh, that's equally a totalitarian position. Uh, therefore, we need a theory about what each is supposed to do in relation to the other. I am constantly called called attention to uh, the relation of Augustine to uh, Plato, so the two are very close. In fact, this course is designed to follow the course on reading Plato, uh, which uh, some students have taken. Quote, characteristically, Augustine uh, did not simply ignore or uh, discard this classical uh, and particularly platonic view of the good society, which uh, <clears throat> embodies perfect justice and harmony and which gives its citizens complete happiness and fulfillment. The platonic ideal is uh, re retained, but it is no longer an ideal that can be uh, realized or even uh, approached in earthly society. There is only one true republic in which perfect uh, peace, harmony, justice, and satisfaction are assured in all their, uh, uh, to all their citizens. And that society is the Civitas Dei, the city of God, which exists eternally in Christ's heaven and is the goal of God's elect while they sojourn as pilgrims uh, in the sin-ridden, uh, wretched, earthly life. Only in that city, whose founder and ruler is Christ, is the mutual love the uh, ruling principle, uh, so that there is no more uh, need of coercion, punishment, or uh, repression. In that city alone, can men uh, realize the noble aims uh, proclaimed by the philosophers of Greece and Rome, complete and uh, unbroken uh, peace, perfect concord and harmony, true self-realization, and perpetual happiness. The end of the quote on page 11. So the relation of Plato to Augustine is very important that Augustine doesn't agree, disagree with Plato that there is such a thing as a city of God. He does disagree about its location. So, for all of his realism, Augustine is an utter optimist when it comes to our ultimate end. This disharmony uh, will be uh, at the heart of all uh, that we read in Augustine. That is, say, between uh, this world and the next. His uh, relation to Plato is not antagonistic, as might uh, be seen as uh, in the first sight. I think he is uh, the ultimate Platonist. This is what the city of God is about. Note that Athens and Jer the Jerusalem passage on page 10 of uh, Dean 
I recall that uh, Pope John Paul II's encyclical, Peter Sabrazio. The chapter on the theology of the fall is a detailed description about the scripture, what scripture says about human condition in its present state. It is not as it ought to be or as it was originally intended to be. However, this does not mean that God's providence is not being uh, carried out uh, just in a different way. Know what providence means, the order of the world in God's mind. And thus, the chapter deals with the creation, the fall, uh, the reasons for the fall, uh, the nature of God, uh, the God who causes uh, the origins of things, and the uh, implications of human freedom. Augustine is the great philosopher of human freedom. This uh, itself arises out of the original intent of God in creation. I read this passage in a wonderful book of Peter Kraft on Tolkien, the philosophy of Tolkien. But no one can make another person good by controlling their will, uh, uh, not even God. If God cannot do this, one of the things God cannot do, the only thing is uh, to make a contradiction to be a not contradiction. He cannot tell Harry that he is free and then renege or take back by presenting, by preventing the consequences of Harry's free act. Uh, this is what love is about, actually. This is the meaning of the observation of Kriff that comes from the same sort. I, on my site, uh, the end passage from the theology chapter that has uh, ever struck me in the Dean book. Quote, in all these statements, Augustine demonstrates that he does not assume that growth in church membership or influence can be equated with the increase in the number of those men who truly love God. Indeed, as history draws to its close, it's very important in Dean's view, as history draws to a close, the number of men, the number of true Christians in the world will decline rather than increase. His words uh, give no support to the uh, hope that the world will gradually uh, be brought to believe in Christ and that earthly society can be transformed step by step into the kingdom of God. Page 38, the end of the quote. So that for Augustine, that this interworldly utopianism is never going to happen and that uh, to try to bring it about uh, by uh, worldly means is, in a certain sense, is, is not only hopeless, but, but dangerous and the source of uh, much disorder in, in the world. So when we read this, this sounds rather like a reading in the local papers. What is of interest here is that Augustine holds 
that this is the revela what revelation holds about the end times. Whenever, uh, wherever you are, you might read sometimes the essay of C.S. Lewis called Is Progress Possible in his book called God and the Dot. The psychology chapter, the next chapter, is a description about what goes on inside of us if the analysis of the first chapter is valid. The first chapter looks objectively to what Scripture tells us about God, the world, and ourselves. The psychology, the psyche, uh, is the soul in Greek. The psychology chapter is a description of what goes on in our heart if the description is true. And here we deal with freedom, sin, pride, uh, and evil. Dean is also uh, good on, uh, on the heresies. That is, false or inaccurate analyses of our soul or our reality. The principal ancient heresies that Augustine dealt with were, as we will see, Armenicanism, Donatism, Gnosticism, Arianism, Pelagianism, and Stoicism. Whenever you come across these uh, uh, heresies, learn uh, what they are, what is their point, and how do they uh, deviate from the central core of a Christian doctrine. One of the interesting things about Augustine, he held most of these uh, positions in his own life at one time or another, uh, so that he saw them in a sense from the inside too. This is enough for now. These are wonderful chapters and set forth uh, in outline form the history and consequences of Augustinian thought. Let me quote once more from page 66, quote, Yet there is a difference between the pessimism of Augustine and the sense of despair and futility that marks so much of pagan philosophy in its later stages. Stoicism, Epicureanism, Neoplatonism, Gnosticism, Augustine's pessimism is based upon a frighteningly clear-sighted realism about men and their behavior. His dark portrait of human life has a solid uh, factual quality that is vastly different from the sense of weariness and uh, decadence uh, that mark the writings of the non-Christian pessimist or the warped, uh, bitter tone, often uh, approaching hatred and disgust for men and all their works, so often found during the 4th and 5th centuries in the ascetic uh, advocates of the flight from the world. The end of the quote. So this is our comment on the first, on the introduction in the first um, uh, two chapters of the Dean book, a very powerful thing which I urge you to read. I will add here uh, uh, several books or essays on Augustine that you will certainly find useful, I think.
The first one is uh, uh, from a book, uh, uh, which is the introduction uh, to the Everyman edition of The City of God, uh, which was published by Dutton in 1945. And it's Sir Ernst Barker's uh, introduction to the uh, City of God. So that's a very uh, useful chapter to read. The second is John Paul II's encyclical, uh, Augustine of Hippo. It's found in a journal called The Pope Speaks uh, in 1986, but it can be found online. The next essay is a very uh, uh, very good essay, uh, which is by uh, Father Ernst Fortin, F-O-R-T-I-N, uh, which was published at uh, Villanova University in 1971. It's called Political Ideal, Idealism and Christianity in the Thought of St. Augustine. So Father Fortin was one of the great commentators on Augustine. The next one is a, uh, a book, a uh, chapter really, called by A.J. Carlyle called St. Augustine and the City of God. It's in a book called The Social and uh, Political Ideas of Some Great Medieval Thinkers, uh, which was published by Barnes & Noble in 1967. The next one is an essay by, in a, a journal called Augustinian Studies, which is a very important journal in studying all aspects of Augustinian life, by a man by the name of uh, D.J. McQueen. It's called The Origin and Dynamics of Society and State in Augustine. The next one is another essay by Ernst Fortin, uh, which is called, uh, simply called St. Augustine, which is found in a book called The History of Political Philosophy, the one edited by Strauss and Cropsey in 1972. Uh, Gilson, A.T.N. Gilson, who's one of the most important commentators on Augustine, uh, has an essay called The Future of Augustinian Metaphysics which is in a little paperback book called The Gilson Reader, uh, published by Doubleday Image in 1957. <clears throat> There's a famous essay by the Protestant theologian Reinhold Niebuhr, Niebuhr called Augustine's Political Realism, which is in a book called Christian Realism and, and, and Political uh, Problems. Uh, it's found, it was published in 1952, and it's a famous essay. The essay of Charles Inor McCoy, called, also called St. Augustine, is in an earlier edition of the Strauss-Cropsey History of Political Thought from 1963. Another very important essay, which you can find online, is from the uh, Senator John East from North Carolina, who is a political philosopher, and he wrote an essay called The Political Relevance of St. Augustine, uh, which was published in a journal called The Modern Age in the spring of 1972. It's a very, very important essay. James O'Donnell's essay uh, called Christianity and Society in his book on St. Augustine is worth uh, reading. And one final thing is the introduction uh, to the Fathers of the Church edition of the City of God. So that's a series called the Fathers of the Church edition. And, the, and there's a chapter in a book in there on, devoted to Augustine's City of God which Gilson wrote, wrote the introduction, which is a very important essay. So these are some things of the many uh, books of Augustine uh, that, that you will be able to refer to. We hope you enjoyed listening to Catholic Thinkers.
please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate to help us keep this content free.